Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Because I've got a confession to start off with right at the beginning, which is to do with a film. A friend of mine put on his Facebook um, feed today just watched it's a wonderful life why did nobody ever tell me about this film before it's the most amazing film ever now who who likes that film who loves that film quite a lot of people love that film for a long time I've got to be honest I didn't love that film I was like I can't understand why people are into that film I don't really get that film but and then I thought about what's the reason why I don't love that film when so many people love that film and then I realized I'd actually never been right the way through it all I'd done I'd seen bits of it I'd maybe walked in and my mum was watching it or I walked in at some other point somebody else was watching it and I watched some bits and I didn't really get it together I didn't really piece it together so I never got the whole story and as a result of that I never kind of got it and then there was one time I don't know it was a few years ago that it was on and I was like oh I might as well sit and watch this something I like it's a wonderful life and then by the end of it I'm like oh it's the best film ever I came over all like weepy and all of that I'm not ashamed well, I'm slightly ashamed, to be honest. But it was like, it was like, oh, what an amazing film that was. But I had to get the whole story for it to, to fit together. It's like, have you ever been talking to a friend and you only get a bit of the story? Maybe you get their side of the story. And then you go over here and you find out of somebody else that there's a whole other side of the story that you didn't know. And now it's all a bit different because now you've got the whole story, not just their bit of the story. Or maybe it's like you only heard the punchline of the Christmas cracker joke and you can't understand why everybody's laughing. And then you maybe hear the whole of the Christmas cracker joke and you still can't understand why everybody's laughing. (laughs) And so tonight we're going to talk about the Christmas story, but if you just actually start at Christmas, you know that video said it all starts here, and in some ways it is because the, the, the possibility of us connecting with God really starts at Christmas, but in some ways to be able to understand that story and how we have a part to play in it what what how it connects to my life today and we have to actually look before that we have to get the the whole story otherwise it's a bit like opening a novel in the middle and you're never going to really work out the story until you you kind of realize what happened before it what's happening after it you can't just Go right into the middle of it. You've got to know the whole story to, to make sense of it. It's like, imagine an alien came to Manchester at this time of year at Christmas. What would it think? It'd be like, about what's going on? All these traffic jams. All these people are pushing and shoving. And, and you know, in all of the shops, people people putting lights on, on trees. Why are people putting lights on trees? What's it about? Why are people giving gifts? Why in this age of email are people sending these things called cards to each other and writing things? Nobody does that anymore, do they? Why are they writing things to each other? Why do these humans split time into AD and BC to do with this thing that happened that they call Christmas? How come the hinge of history is on the stable door In Bethlehem. You've got to have all those kind of questions. See, what's Christmas all about, you're going to be asking. And, you know, if people don't know the whole story, they're going to come up with all sorts of ideas as to what Christmas is all about. I saw an advert today that said, Christmas is all about the World Darts Championships. (laughs) I thought, you know what, it's probably not. 
But to know what Christmas is all about, you have to start at the beginning. You have to start at the beginning. Genesis doesn't start once upon a time. Genesis, the, the, the Bible starts in the beginning. Before time, there was God. And God was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God, who is love, out of love, decided to make everything. That's the, that's the first part of, the, of, of, of what we're looking at tonight. See, history is God's love story. And in any good play, in any good movie, in any good story, you have different acts. You have act one, act two, act three, act four, whatever. And, and, and it's a, a romance kind of film. What happens in a romance? You have boy meets girl. Then boy falls in love with girl. And then boy loses girl. And then what happens next? Boy gets girl back and everybody says. Because that's a romance. If for some reason the boy doesn't get the girl back, everybody says, or again, for a different reason, because that's a tragedy. That's like Romeo and Juliet. It's a different kind of story altogether. And it's the same with, with us and with Christmas. In 2016, your life and mine, we've had ups and downs. It's been the same throughout all of history and it will be the same through every year of everybody's life. We won't just have all ups, we'll have ups and we'll have downs, we'll have triumphs and tragedies. We'll have joys and we'll have things that break our hearts, we'll have all these different kinds of things. And so Christmas can fit into that and actually help us to make sense of the whole story. So we're going to start with Acts 1. See if you open a Bible at the start, it explains why God created the world. What for? It didn't just happen, the Bible says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says that God said, let there be light. It wasn't an accident. You're not an accident. Act one, God made us to love us. That's why everything exists. Everything that we love to watch on planet earth with David Attenborough all got started as an idea in God's mind when you see a sunrise or a sunset when you see streams or shorelines or snowflakes all of it was made all of it was created to display God's glory and to, to as, a, as an act of his love to express his power and his love everything and that includes you and me the Bible says in Ephesians New Testament letter, it says this, long before he laid down the earth's foundations, God had us in mind. And he settled on us as the focus of his love. God made you to love you. If you want to know why you're alive right now at this time, why is your heart beating now? Why are you taking that next breath that you've got? It's because God made the whole universe and he didn't want it to be empty. He wanted you in it and he wanted you to be born now and he wanted you to be the focus of his love. He, he put his eye on you and he's had his eye on you throughout your life. Now you might say, well, I'm not sure about that. How do I know God loves me? How can I be sure God loves me? Why doesn't God show his love to me if that's true? Well, I could tell you a million ways if you had time that God shows his love to you every single day. But I'll be honest, for a long time in my life, before I was a Christian, before I followed Jesus Christ, I didn't see those things. I didn't ever really say thank you to him for those, those things. It just seemed like ordinary. But let me pick one area, maybe you never thought of this before. God showed how much he loves you by giving you the capacity for pleasure. He didn't want you to just have life. He didn't want you to just endure life. He made you and he wanted you to enjoy life. 
So that's why he gave you five senses. He gave us eyes. If you have eyes and they see tonight, you should be thankful. Even if you never got anything else, if you don't get anything else for Christmas tomorrow, thank God for your eyes. My, my wife is a nurse. She works at the, at, in Manchester at the, in a casualty department on, on emergency eye department. And she's been working on them for years and she studied at Moorfields and all this kind of stuff. And she just says, she's, she ne you're never going to get to the bottom of the intricacy, how amazing the eye is. It's just it just blows her mind every day when she goes into work. She said, it's incredible. So when he said, let there be light, and at the same time, God painted the world with colour. See, we just see the light as being white light, but actually that's just because we can only see a part of the spectrum. See, God did this. He, he painted the world with colour for our pleasure. There's no real purpose for colour. You don't need there to be colour to survive. God could have made it all just grey. He could have made it pretty drab as a world. But he made colours and he made certain colours you like. I don't know what your favourite colour is, but you might have a favourite colour. You like to wear certain colours. You don't like other colours. All of that is part of the uniqueness of you and how he made you. And God gave us art and things like that. You know, animals don't appreciate that. You're never going to get an, a dog going, wow, look at that view. <laughs> the purpose is pleasure. It came from God because he loves you. And God gave us ears. Thank God that you're not deaf. Thank God if you can hear me now. Those three, the three smallest bones in the human body, but they're arranged so perfectly so that you can hear me, so that you can hear sound. And again, not just so that you can hear sound, obviously so you can, you, didn't really need, you don't need sound to be able to exist. You certainly don't need music to be able to exist. But some of us are here and you're here and you're like, I'm only here, I love the carols. I love to hear the carols. You know what? God gave you that ability to be able to hear the carols. And a certain music that you like and a certain music you don't like, that's all part of the uniqueness of how he made you. And I bet you, your musical taste is different to somebody else who's sitting on the same row. What about taste buds? Do you know you get new ones every 10 days? Thank God. When was the last time you thanked God for your taste buds? And, he made, and he's filled the world at the same time with pleasant flavours. Who's glad about that at Christmas? Looking forward to tomorrow. Now you see, God could have made us just like cars. He could have made us just, we only have one kind of fuel and that's all we need. It could have been sprouts. <laughs> we just, you know, you just, all you need to do is exist on sprouts. I was going to talk about smell next, but I'm going to leave that now that we talked about sprouts. Too many people reject the idea of God because they've got the wrong picture of him. The Bible says this, God richly provides everything for our enjoyment did you ever think god sees you having a party having fun at christmas and he thinks fantastic look at them enjoying what i gave them do you think god you know some people they, they reject god because they think he's some misery god but, but everything that god gave you he wants you to enjoy he wants you to enjoy life he's not just about he's not just oh good they came to church tick the box it's like everything is part of it the Bible's full of parties. God's full of all that celebration. You know, God's like, hey, Jesus, look, they're having a great time for your birthday. Because that's what Christmas is meant to be all about. And he made you to love you, which means he gave us the choice to love him back. He didn't make robots. 
He didn't force you to love him because he, if he did that, it's not real love. You either choose to love him back or you reject him. God gives humans, God gave you that choice. God doesn't give animals a choice in that. It's not automatic. See, birds automatically, animals automatically, birds show their love to God. How do they do that? Anything that fulfills its created purpose, anything that fulfills its created purpose is showing love back to God. So birds show their love by singing, and the one that pooed on my car this week was partly fulfilling its purpose. I can't say I praise God that particularly. But turkeys bring glory and honour to God by fitting in the oven. <laughs> the only thing that has not got a choice, sorry, that has got a choice as to whether or not it's going to love God back is humans. It's not automatic for you and me. And we don't automatically fulfill our purpose too. In fact, I'll be honest, I don't think most people do. I don't think most people fulfill the purposes that God gave them. In fact, they go off and decide that they're going to find out their own path and their own way in God. And then they end up feeling unfulfilled, strangely. Why do I feel so unfulfilled? Well, maybe it's because you're not fulfilling the purpose that you were made for, and that's why you feel unfulfilled. And all of that is explained in what's called Act 2 of this story. When we walked away from God's love, this is the bad part of the story. This is where boy, meets, boy, boy met girl and now boy loses girl. And we've all walked away from God's love. I've done it, you've done it, everybody's done it many times. And you probably know the story of where Adam and Eve did it first. But if it had been you and me, if it wasn't Adam and Eve, we'd have messed up too. Because they were only human. And guess what? So are me and you. The story continues. God put people in this paradise, this perfect place. No stress, bit of gardening, no in-laws, no clothes to wash and iron. Perfect. But even then they blow it. God said, listen, I've got to give you a choice to love me. Otherwise it's not real love. So I've given everything for you, for your pleasure to enjoy it. I'm just going to put one tree in the garden. One tree in the garden, that's off limits, that's a choice. Enjoy everything else that I've made. I'm going to make the choice as easy, as small as possible. I'm going to take just one tree and put that off limits to give you the choice. She loves me, she loves me not. That's the choice. God could have been like a real Scrooge type and he could have, he could have said, I'm going to make this a really tough test. Everything's off limits except this one tree with this one fruit. He didn't do that. He did exactly the opposite of that. He said, everything else is allowed. Enjoy it all. But there's one thing. Don't eat the fruit off that one tree. Now, you might be thinking, well, I would have been better because I don't eat a lot of fruit. <laughs> what if it was a Terry's chocolate orange? <laughs> Maybe that would get you. I don't know what it is for you. But, and I don't know what it is about human nature. But I've got grandchildren now and I've seen it even now. So you tell them there's all kinds of things that you can... You mustn't do that. Don't do that. Don't touch that. What do they want to do? <laughs> Straight to it. It's like, no, the wet paint. Don't touch the... <laughs> they're going, oh, in a sight. We're made like that, aren't we? Now, they're only human. You might be thinking, how come we're not talking about the shepherds? How come he's not talking about the kings? How come he's not going on about the stable and the little baby? All the cute bit. That's what I wanted. That's what I came for. 
I'll tell you, it's because you have to understand it's just part of the story. It's just a few, it's just a few pages of the story. The big story is even greater than that. And actually, you have to get the bad news before you can get the good news. The angels appeared to the shepherds and they said to them, we've got good news for everyone everywhere. But you have to get the bad news to know how good the good news is. And the bad news is this. The Bible says everybody sinned and falls short of the glory of God. We've all been tempted. We've all turned away from God. I've done it. You've done it. When, when I go with my feelings more than what I know is right, more than what God says, when, I, when it's about what I want and what I think and what I feel, never mind what God says, when I fall for that, that's temptation. Adam and Eve were standing before the tree and she saw the fruit and it says, she said, that looks good. I bet it tastes delicious. Maybe it was like a crispy cream fruit. The promise of pleasure without God. Have you ever known anybody who's chosen pleasure over God? Of course you do. We do it all the time. Act two. And in act two, it gets dark. It gets darker and darker. And it gets lonely over there. And sad music plays in this part as the light fades away and darkness reigns in the earth and the world is broken and the world is full of broken people trying but failing to fix themselves why because the bible says god is light he's not just love it says god is light in him there is no darkness at all the bible says jesus is the light of the world if i move towards the light i get clarity but it says people preferred the dark instead because their deeds were evil we try and hide in the dark but the further I hide, the further I go away, I just get darker and darker and it gets lonely and colder. The more I move away from God and the further I go from him. When I move away, when I step away from the light, my life just gets darker and the world can be a very dark place, can't it? We've seen this year what happens. Some places it's just so evil, so dark, so little of the love of God and the light of God in those places. And governments can't fix it. They can't put the lights on. Markets can't fix it, they can't put the lights on. Technology can't put the lights on. Innovation, invention, ingenuity can't bring illumination that we need. And then you end up, you can end up personally sitting there feeling like I'm in the dark, I'm stumbling, I don't know where I'm going to go, I don't know where I'm supposed to be headed. And the reason is you're stumbling along because you're walking away from God. This is act two. God made us to love us, but we turned away, we, we walked away from him. And then act three is Christmas. Somebody say hooray. hooray. See, here in the Northern Hemisphere, it happens at the darkest point in our year. This week we had the shortest, the darkest day. The longest night of the year. That's why the early Christians decided, let's celebrate Christmas at that time. When it's darkest, that's when we're going to put the light on. Because when Jesus came, no matter how dark your life has got, Jesus came and he said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but you'll have the light of life. Act one, God made us to love us. Act two, we turned our backs. We walked away from that. We preferred the darkness. We started to walk away. Act three, God sent Jesus to invite us back. Ivy's motto, if you looked on the website at all, everywhere, it's on the signs outside the church in Didsbury, it says this, we're here to help you find your way back to God. But that's not because we're so special, because you know how to find your way back to God? Jesus. He's our answer. We're all about Jesus. 
if you don't get anything else that I say tonight, please listen to this and remember it. God wants you back. He loves you. You've walked away. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve this love. I don't deserve this love. We're sinners. We've messed up. We've been self-indulgent. We've been all about me. And God says, I still want you back. And if you don't know that, it's only because you're proud. This is what Christmas is all about. I start at the beginning of the book, but then at the end of the book, what about Revelation? You've heard of Revelation, haven't you? At the end of the Bible, there in Revelation, it shows us what was really happening at Christmas. And again, it's not this gentle nativity tableau like they had with the kids. We had a lovely time this afternoon. Got all the kids all dressed up and I was dressed as a donkey and it was all good fun. But you know, this was actually, the first Christmas was a cosmic battleground. If you could have seen what was actually spiritually taking place, it was a story bigger, scarier than, than Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and all the rest of them all wrapped up. It was a massive struggle of heroism, of good and evil and real battle going on. Here in Revelation, this is what Christmas looked, out, looked like from the perspective of heaven. There's like this satanic backlash that was taking place. When Herod, remember what Herod did? He wanted to kill all the kids. He wanted to kill all the children just so that then he could wipe out the possibility of the Messiah, another king coming. But behind him, there was a battle going on even there. This is what it says in Revelation. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed in sunlight, giving birth to a child, crying out in pain in the agony of childbirth. Then a huge and fiery dragon crouched before the woman in childbirth, poised to devour the child when it came. The woman gave birth to a son who will shepherd all nations with a rod of iron. Her son was caught up and placed safely before God on his throne. The woman herself escaped to the desert to a place of safety prepared by God. And then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought the dragon and the dragon and his, and his angels fought back, but they were defeated. The ancient serpent, the one called the devil and Satan, who led the whole earth astray, thrown out, and all his angels thrown out with him, thrown down to earth. In case you wonder, how can these things happen now on the earth? How can the place get so evil and so dark? There's an answer. The Bible doesn't shy away from saying that we have a spiritual enemy, as well as a spiritual friend. And then I heard a strong voice of heaven singing, Now salvation and power have come, the kingdom of our God, the authority of the Messiah, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accused them day and night before God is thrown down. And they conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their witness, for they did not love themselves so much that they were not willing to die for him. So rejoice all heaven and all who live there, but woe to you, earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you with great wrath. For his time is short and he knows it. So you wonder, like I say, why does the world seem so terrible? Why has 2016 had so many horrible things happen in it? I'll tell you, the reason is the Bible would say there's a war on. C.S. Lewis, who wrote Narnia, said this. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed on enemy-occupied territory. So my question to you then will be, with whose side are you on? Because there's a choice to make tonight. John 3.16 is the most famous verse in the Bible. Jesus himself was summing up the whole Bible and he did it in one verse. So it's really important for you to understand this. I think your life and destiny could hinge on whether or not you understand it. Will you read it out loud with me, please? For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a promise that helps you get your way back to God. It doesn't say nice people. It doesn't say good people. It doesn't say better people compared with other people. It doesn't say people who are kind. There's conditions on this and it isn't about whether or not you recycle. There's a promise of how you get back to God. If you turn away from the darkness, he'll pull you into the light. So, however many steps you walked away, this says there's two steps back. There's only ever two steps back. The first step is receive. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave something for you to receive. What? His only begotten son. That's why we all give gifts at Christmas. It all got started then. Come back here tomorrow if you want to know. I'll tell you why people give gifts and, and why this is the first and best gift that was given at Christmas. Is what God gave himself to us. But a gift's no good unless you receive it. I can't make anybody receive it tonight. All I can do is offer it and then it's up to you. And notice it doesn't say God sent a good teacher or a... A, a good example he didn't send an angel he didn't send a prophet it says God's soul of the world that he sent his only begotten son that's an interesting word begotten it means no ordinary human could save you and you can't save yourself that word begotten means Jesus is not just another baby we sing it in these words that we sing in the carols before but it says Jesus is not just any, any other baby he's God in human form act three God came his name is Jesus his name means God to the rescue because he came to do what we can't do ourselves C.S. Lewis in another book he says it's like a diver taking a big deep breath diving into the deepest waters going right the way down to the bottom and then grabbing hold of something that was precious to him and bringing it back up to the surface triumphantly he said that's what's going on in these words that we read at Christmas time so couldn't I earn my own way back couldn't I try and save myself aren't I good enough no no, I'm, I'm not good enough. No, I've gone down for the third time. I, I'm all out of being able to save myself. Believe me, if there'd been any other way for you to get to heaven than God's own son coming to earth, living the perfect life, dying, shedding real blood on the cross to save you, he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have given his own son to save you unless you needed that kind of salvation. Jesus said, I am the way because there's no other way. Nobody could do it. He needed his only begotten son to do it. And even if the good news for that is, though, if you were the only person who ever lived, if you've never really felt love before, get this, if, if you were the only person who ever lived, then you turned and walked miles away from God and spat on the floor as you did it. He'd still say, will you come back? I love you. I want to forgive you. I want you with me. I don't want to be without you. And he didn't just say it, he showed it. He sacrificed himself. And God so loved the world. That includes you, unless you're an alien. Any aliens in? Probably not. But he so loved the world. It's the greatest love story ever told. And Christmas starts what Easter finishes. It says God loves you. Christmas says he's not mad at you, he's mad about you. And you can walk out tonight as if it doesn't matter. As if God coming to earth, as if a bloodstained cross at Easter doesn't really matter. You can say no to his love and it will be a tragedy. 
for you to do so. And you can stop loving God, but listen, you can never stop God loving you. He's always going to keep trying to love you. He's always going to keep trying to bring you back. He made you to love you and he's not going to stop. But he wants you to turn around and come back to him. Step one is receiving his love, just saying, I want that. And in a minute, I'm going to invite you to do it. I'm going to invite you to, I'm going to, we're going to put some words up of a prayer on there. And if you're saying it and you're saying, I want that, I'm, going to, I'm willing to pray that prayer. Not just say some words, but actually mean it. I'm going to ask you to put a hand up like this, this Christmas Eve, and say, I'll do that. I need that love too. And you can sign up for the Alpha course early in the new year if you want to do that. We have those little slips. It says, yes, no, Alpha. Alpha is just a brilliant course that we do that helps people understand what it is to be a Christian. If you've not done it, please do it. And the second step back to God is, I believe his promise. The next step. I believe his promise. Receive and believe. It's simple. Jesus said... You have to become like a little child if you're going to see the kingdom of heaven. One thing I've noticed about children, just having grandchildren again, is if you tell them something, they believe it. They don't come and go, ooh, well, what about this and what about that? What about... They just believe it. They believe a promise. What's the promise? Here's the promise. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Whose name is on the gift tag? Whoever. Whoever what? Whoever's good. Whoever's, whoever's good enough? No? What is it? Whoever believes. Rich or poor, black or white, young or old, naughty or nice. He doesn't have that kind of list. He's not checking it twice. He's, you, don't, you don't try your way back to heaven. You trust your way. You trust Jesus. He said there's only one condition, only one way back. What's the condition? Whoever believes. Which means, I see, when I say believes, I don't mean believes like I believe Jesus existed. That's just historical fact. Anybody can believe that. Like, I believe Hitler existed, but I don't, I don't follow him. I'm not committed to following him. The word in the original language, believe there, means whoever continually trusts in, adheres to, relies on. See, I don't try anymore to be good enough for God. I know I'm not. And it came to a point in which I just decided I'm going to trust Jesus to restore that original design that he made me for and that I messed up so much. Believe means you commit to an ongoing relationship with him. So when I tell you I believe Jesus, I mean since the day he showed up in my life in a way that I could understand and he loved me and forgave me and gave me his grace. Since then I've been a committed follower for 30 years. And what I mean is this, he's my best friend. That's what I mean when I talk about Jesus. He's my best friend. I've had, I've had a personal relationship with Jesus for 30 years. I talk to him every day, just like I'm talking to you every day. You can know him like that too. That's what he wants you to know. One of his names is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You never have to be alone. Jesus is God with us. So you can have a relationship personally with Jesus, knowing him like your best friend, like I do. There are people that I know about but I don't really know them. But I know Jesus. I know him. He's the greatest. He's the best friend anybody could ever have. He's so kind. I've known Jesus through the thick and thin, the ups and downs. He's always there. He's always helped me. He's helped me through the heartaches. He's rejoiced with me in the good times. He's given me strength. He's, knowing him has made every other relationship in my life a million times better too. So when I say I believe in Jesus, I don't mean have a, relationship, have a religion. I mean have a relationship. Meet him. Know him. 
He wants to be your friend. See, before that, my life, it wouldn't look all right to you. I was perishing, perishing. You've got stuff in your fridge now that's perishing. It's kind of, that's what my life was like. Slowly dying. Nothing lasts forever, and neither do we. But when I prayed, I asked to receive his gift of love. I turned away from the darkness and the world and turned back to him. I believed his promise and I received everlasting life. So that's good news, but you have to choose. It's good news, but you have to choose. You haven't got it automatically. Please don't kid yourself. You've got to choose. Act one, let me sum up. And then in a minute, you're going to have a choice. God made us to love us. Act two, we walked away, did our own thing. Act three, God brings back the light at Christmas so we can see his love. Now you're in act four and it's your cue. You've got a part to play. Regardless of what anybody else does, this is a personal question for you. Because this is where you decide whether or not it's a happy ending or a tragedy for you and for God. I mean tragedy for God because he loves you and he doesn't want to have a, you to have a day without his love. Act four is we must choose to accept or reject God's love. Because even with the cross and after everything he's done, God will never force it on you. Just like the shepherds, just like the Herod, that first Christmas, you can accept it or you can reject it. The light and the love. If I could give you one Christmas present this year, that I'd, if I could give you that, I'd give you the gift of knowing my friend Jesus. It's the best thing I could ever give. But I can only offer it and you can go, no, it's all right. I'd rather be in charge of my own life, thanks. Because the reason that isn't because, it's just because I really, because I know how great he is and I'd love you to know him and to feel it and never doubt it from the top of your head in every part of your being to know that love. And I think if, if you knew what I was talking about, some people here know what I'm talking about. You'd never, I don't know how you could ever say no to that kind of love. The kind of love that my friend Jesus has got for you. But that's what I'm inviting you to say yes to in a minute. And I've tried my best. But the problem with this is, to be honest with you, I was working on this talk and I spent so long on it. And at one point, I was just crying, writing it. And I was like, God, I just want people to know you. I want to know how great you are. And I can never do it because he's always greater. He's always more amazing. He's always a billion times better than anybody that I could ever paint him. But there was a video that I saw a while ago and it was from a talk that I heard whereby this guy, they basically said to this old African preacher, they said to him, can you, you just come up and, and share a little bit about who, you know, God, what God means to you before we all eat, like do a little grace thing. Dr. Lockridge. And he said, yeah, okay. And he stood up and then this is what he said about his friend Jesus. And we're going to watch this and I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask, do you know him? Do you want to come to know him? Woo. Yeah, he's the king. When the, when the Magi turned up, they were right to worship him because he's the king. It's like, it's a baby. He's still a king. He's always the king. He was always the king. And this is the purpose of your life. No matter what you achieve, if you miss this, you miss what you were born for. There's one more act of history. And God is getting ready for it. And he wants you to be ready for it. Act five is what Jesus called everlasting life. That's what eternity means he's done everything necessary that he wants it to be a happy ever after with you with him forever when does eternity start I don't know when it starts for you on average people get 80 years in this country he wants a happy ending to the love story not a tragedy in your life what's going to happen in eternity Jesus said it whoever believed and received God's gift of his son here on the earth is guaranteed they're going to live with God forever 
people who continue to walk away in the dark and reject God's love and what he's done for them here on the earth, God will say, have your way. And they'll live away from that light and without God forever. It's too late in Act 5. But the good news is we're in Act 4 right now. You're in Act 4. You can't choose tomorrow because tomorrow never comes. In the Bible it says, in the time of my favour I'll hear you. In the day of salvation I'll help you. I tell you now is the day of salvation. Not something to put off for another day. God's left it all up to you. So we're going to put the words of this prayer up so you know the commitment. And there'll never be a time, a better time for you than this Christmas Eve. I urge you on this Christmas Eve to give God back the present that he's been waiting for, which is you in your life. I urge you to accept God's gift to you, to come back to his love through Jesus Christ. However far you've walked away, it's only two steps back. Believe and receive. So... If you want to do that, I'd like you to put up a hand right now. And we've got books which some people have got, which I've written called Work It Out to help you to, to work out what it means. Just stick up a hand so I can see that. Thank you over there. Anybody else? I'm going to do that. Thank you. Anybody else? Brilliant. Did you see who that was, Soph? A couple of people. Anybody else tonight? Before we're done. Just to put up a hand, we'll give you this thing, but it's basically you're saying, I want to do this. I'm going to, I mean this prayer. Maybe it's something you've not prayed like this before, but you, you want to do this for the first time. And really, it's like reaching up. Basically, the prayer, you've got all those words up there, but really, if you just want to say, me too. When I pray in a, this kind of prayer in a minute, you're just basically saying, me too. Just to give you one more chance to be able to do that. Anybody else so I can see it? Put your hand up and I can see. I'll give you one of these books. 30 years ago, I prayed like this. Steps across the line of faith. If you'd have seen it happening, you wouldn't have thought anything happened, but everything happened. It all changed in that moment. Forever, I believe. I got to know my friend Jesus, and I'm going to know him forever. I didn't have to know everything to say yes to him. Last chance before we pray. Anybody else want to do that tonight? Put up your hand and we can pray. Okay. So I'm going to pray a prayer like I did all those years ago, and I'm inviting you to say yes to join with me you can pray it out loud too he wants to be your best friend you can always pray you can always talk to him you don't need some list of religious words to do this let's pray in fact can I invite you to stand and we can all pray this together let's pray dear God tonight I've realised how much you really love me thank you for making me to be loved by you I'm sorry for all the times I walked away from you and your love. Just pause for a minute and think about the words you just said. Okay, that's Act 1 and Act 2 right there. And we're going to thank God as we think about Act 3 together. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth so I could know your love and be forgiven. Act 4. Ready? Jesus Christ, I say yes to you. I believe and receive your love for me. I want to commit myself to you now and in 2017 and forever in Act 5, in eternity. I want to learn to know your love more, to share it with others as I follow you and your purpose for my life. Amen. Amen. 
Now, some people, this might be like, oh, so new to you, you kind of think, I just need, I'm a person who needs to look into it more before I'm ever going to make a big commitment like that, and I understand that. And if that's you, the Yes, No Alpha card, you can still fill in, all you, you just need your basic details in there, we'll invite you to come along to a, a supper where we explain what happens on this course. We're going to be running a number of these courses in the new year. Please fill in those details, and then on the door on the way out, there'll be somebody just standing with a bucket, just drop them in there if you want to do the Alpha course. Maybe if you just said that, and you, it's like a first time thing for you, and you tick yes, come on the Alpha course. And I need to make you aware, there's a choice to make. Not making a choice is like ticking no. So maybe you need to pray and think about what's Christmas really all about. Thanks for listening. Cool. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.